Matt Izzo is a fitness coach and entrepreneur. He has gone through an inspiring weight loss journey, losing 75 pounds three separate times, and he now coaches others along on their weight loss journeys. Rather than just giving generic fitness advice like walking 10,000 steps or eating fewer calories, Matt takes a holistic approach to weight loss by analyzing his client's psychology and changing their belief structures. This episode taught me a ton about weight loss, overall health and wellness, and how much our beliefs impact our eating habits and our health. I think you'll come away with this episode with the same takeaways. In three, two. Okay, we're live. Matt, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, just hit the gym. Um, so off to a good start for the day. How about you? Have you hit the gym yet? I'm sure. Uh, I, I went for a run earlier today. So I, I, I ran four miles and um, I'm going to go to the gym uh, later on in the day. It, it's tough for me to, you know, with all the endurance training I do, it's hard to hard to commit to those strength training sessions, but they're so important. So, you know, you got to overcome the, that inertia, right? And that's something that that really never changes. You know, I, even after all these years, I still feel resistance, and you got to got to push through that sometimes. It's always worth it. Oh yeah, for sure. And momentum is huge. That's what I've been really realizing recently. Like once you get in that rhythm of working out, like you're gonna go do it. Um, but that resistance was hitting me this morning. Like I had a little bit of a roadblock. Um, I got to the gym and the part of the gym where they have like the energy drinks wasn't open. So I was like on zero caffeine and I'm like, okay, I don't need caffeine to do my workout. So I just pushed through it and now I feel pretty good. Now I got the cup of coffee next to me. Um, but yeah, that resistance is real. So like, what are some techniques or ways that you overcome that resistance on a daily basis? It's really just making a commitment to yourself, you know, and, and I work a lot with people on trying to, evolve their self image. Right. And, and you have to be willing to do different things, you know, and, and, and that means upholding commitments to yourself. Right. Because at the end of the day, you have to learn to trust yourself. Right. And if you're going to commit to improving yourself and, you know, maybe you're trying to lose weight or build muscle or training for a race, whatever it is, you know, you have to be willing to commit to yourself and then uphold this commitment. So, you know, I, I try to schedule my workouts, right? Because, hey, I, I'm meeting with you for a podcast, right? I'm never going to be late for something like that. It's a commitment I made. I'm going to uphold it, you know, and most people are like that, right? You have a meeting or whatever, you, you're going to make sure you're there. But we don't always put ourselves first, right? So, you know, um, it's easy to just say, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get a workout in. And then you, you just don't end up doing it, you know, but I think scheduling it. So for example, today, I'm like, I am going to go out and be running at 10 AM, right? Like that was what I said at 10 AM, I'm doing this. It was yeah. nine, it was like nine 15 at that point in time, because I know that if I just, you know, kind of let it linger, right. I'll, I'll, I'll get stuck on Twitter or you know, start working on something and, and it's just going to kind of bleed into the rest of the day. And I had some other stuff to do. So I said, okay, 10 AM. And then I, I made sure, and I was out there 
on the ground, ready to go run. It was 10 a.m. So, you know, I did it and I upheld that commitment, you know, and I think people get caught up in, in how they're feeling about it, right? And you don't you don't necessarily worry about how you're feeling before you go to work in the morning, right? Or, or you know, before you do something for your uh, partner, right? You, you just kind of do it. Um, and that's kind of the, the way you need to treat yourself and overcome the resistance is, you know, make the commitment to yourself and uphold the commitment and do it. Yeah, I think those are really great points. Something that's been huge for me is scheduling my workouts on Sunday, usually for the entire week. So then when other things come up, like a podcast or like somebody wants to hop on a call, it's like, no, I already have this scheduled in. And I'm going to, I mean, it may maybe sound selfish, but I'm going to prioritize my own well-being, both, both physically and mentally, um, by scheduling my workouts and do, committing to those things. And I think another cool thing you hit on was you can't, you can't just base your actions based on how you feel because like there's days where obviously you don't want to work out. Right. I mean, maybe you don't want to go for this workout later, but you're still going to do it because you're disciplined and you've told yourself you're going to do it. So what are some tips I would say for like the average person that, you know, sometimes they feel motivated to go to the gym. Sometimes they don't. So how could they overcome that, that mental resistance, I guess. And like, how can they stick to discipline on a regular basis? I think you need to reward yourself for 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 doing this, you know, and and and, and realizing that hey, it's a, it's an achievement, right? You know, just getting up and going to, to the gym, like you should feel good about yourself for doing that, no matter how the workout goes or anything like that. Like, I don't think anybody really ever feels like it. Um, you know, maybe on rare occasions, but certainly once you develop this as a habit. You know, it's it's you, you don't necessarily feel like doing it because you know as I think one of the the, the things that prevents people from building fitness in, into a long term habit is at first it's great because you see a lot of early adaptation, right? You know, and, and you go to the gym and you use heavier weights every workout, right? And you know you're able to to do more and more things, but as you do it consistently your ability to do that stuff dwindles, right? And you start to have a lot of mediocre workouts and it doesn't provide the same kind of, I guess, dopamine back, right? You don't necessarily feel like you're making progress. Um, so, I, you know, that's a that's a, a big hurdle to overcome for this. You know, I'm, I'm mostly focused for endurance training, right? And, and doing strength training workouts is very much a supportive thing for me. So I'm not doing anything impressive in the gym with weights. And I've done much more strenuous workouts in the past, right? I've lifted much heavier weights and much more intense weight workouts, but that doesn't make it easier for me to want to go do it tonight, right? Like, so it, it, it's always about winning that mental battle and encouraging yourself. Uh, one of the things I teach my clients is you have to become your own best coach, right? And you, you could have the, the best coaches in the world, but at the end of the day, it's down to you and your self-talk and how you talk to yourself and how you motivate yourself, right? And, and, and how do you encourage certain behavior patterns, right? Or, or, or things like that, maybe in a child or, or in your partner, right? You, you tend to be encouraging and reinforcing positive behavior and, you know, right? So, so when you go to the gym, you know, reward yourself. And that can just, that doesn't need to be candy. That can just be, you know, you patting yourself on the back and, and giving yourself some, some credit for, for doing that, you know? And, and I think people are just too hard on themselves in general, right? You know, they don't, they don't treat themselves fairly, you know? And, and 
the way they see themselves in, in a sense is cruel sometimes. So you, you're hard on yourself for your mistakes, but you don't ever celebrate your, your wins, certainly not your small wins. So celebrate those small wins. You know, this is why for me, one of the, the best habits I ever developed was getting a Fitbit. My mom gave me a Fitbit in uh, Christmas for uh, 2013. I opened it and I'm like, this is a stupid gift. I don't want this thing. But I, <laughs> I, I took it home. I, I put it on and I like to walk. So I started walking. I got 10,000 steps, right? And it, and it feels good to do it. It's, it's cheesy, right? But like, okay, you accomplished something today. You know, I, I set yeah. a goal and I did it. And you know what? I walked 10,000 or more steps every day for seven and a half years. All right. And, and, and that built in me, you know, all those, uh, every one of those days was a win in some capacity. So it's important to, to frame the things like this, that, you know, you're, you're doing a good job. You're encouraging, you know, encourage yourself and, and, and be supportive of yourself. That's, that's what it comes down to. I love that. And positive psychology, we've been learning about it a bit in school about how important it is. Like people are reinforced to keep doing their positive behaviors when they receive praise from others, but also from themselves. Um, so you got to reward yourself. You got to give yourself credit, like hype yourself up after you go hit a sick workout. Like after you run a couple of miles, like pump your fist in the air. Like, like it sounds cheesy and corny, but like, why not? Like you got to become your own best friend in that respect. Um, yeah. Another thing, another thing you hit on that I think is an interesting topic to maybe get into is, um, the dopamine from getting a workout because there in my in my view there's like two types of dopamine this might not be super scientific but this is how at least i view it in my head so there's like the cheap dopamine so you can get cheap dopamine by like scrolling tiktok or like watching netflix or like eating junk food and shit like that and it's easy it's accessible but the harder dopamine but the dopamine that's actually makes you feel better in a long run and is much more rewarding comes from a strenuous workout you get through you know, like a really nutritious meal, reading a good book, listening to a long form podcast where you really learn something. So throughout your transformation from 75 pounds heavier to now, have you significantly cut out the cheap dopamine? And do you feel like that has, if so, do you feel like cutting out the cheap dopamine has helped you stay more committed to the things that are hard? Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been kind of a, an evolution and it's hard to, to sort of tease out cause and effect sometimes, right? And is, is, is one thing the cause of the other or is, is it vice versa? Because it's, it kind of creates a positive cycle that, that feeds off itself, right? So, so as I, I lost fat and I started to eat better and I, I started working out, right, and taking better care of myself, I got more energy. So I felt better. So I had a lot less need for kind of cheap dopamine, you know, I, for most of my life, I would just put the TV on and, and, and look to escape, you know, through watching TV shows or sports or, or anything like that. And, you know, that doesn't appeal to me much anymore because now I actually go out and, and, and do things myself. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's been kind of a, a natural kind of progression. I think a lot of people in our society are in a chronic negative state, right? They're, they're perpetually low energy.
So these cheap sources of dopamine are very appealing to them because they, they make you feel better in the short term. You know, if you want to talk about the concept of emotional eating, right? You eat foods that make you feel better. You're in a low state and it makes you feel better. And if, if you do that on occasion, right? You have a bad day, you go out for some ice cream, you feel better, not a big deal. But when it becomes a chronic behavior, when every day is a bad day, when you begin to rely on, on this cheap dopamine, that's where you, you really kind of run into trouble because it's not sustainable, you know, and, and it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's something I think that, you know, is a real challenge in, in our world just because there's, there's so much stimulation everywhere. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's just, it just bombards us constantly. So you have to get really good at, at, you know, being willing to delay gratification, you know, and, and, sort of mm -hmm. sacrifice now right that that kind of cheap dopamine versus hey what's what's going to be a rewarding long-lasting change that's that's going to permanently raise my my state of energy right not just give me a short bump which is always followed by a crash right you return below baseline once you get that cheap dopamine hit um and i think kind of going back to what we said at the start of the conversation in terms of like building momentum i think these habits and these actions and behaviors they can either spiral up positively so like you're eating healthier you're feeling more energized and now you're in a better mental state so you won't engage in the bad behaviors and then you keep spiraling up but i think it also can do the exact opposite you know you eat bad food so you feel shitty about yourself so then you stay in bed all day watching tiktok and you enter a negative spiral so it's like trying to maintain that upward spiral, um, yeah. if that makes any sense. Especially at first, right? Especially when you're trying to, to you know, instill a, a different behavior change, right? And you're trying to, I guess, I, I hate to say, you know, be someone you're not, but I would say, you know, evolve your self-image, right? And, and it's a really mm -hmm. fragile thing in, in, in those early days. And, and it's important to keep the energy positive. You know, I, I've, like you said, I lost 75 pounds. I lost the same 75 pounds three separate times in my life, which means twice I, I gained that weight back. Right. And, and, and when I look back to it, right, I was surrounded by unsupportive people, people mm -hmm. who, who weren't necessarily cheering for me. Right. They didn't want to see me succeed because of, of how they felt about themselves and, and what the changes the ways in which the, the, the changes I've made and the improvement I made to myself made them feel inadequate and insecure, right? Because when you see somebody around you living a healthier lifestyle, you're confronted with, hey, maybe I should be doing some of this stuff too. Like he lost weight, he's looking better, he, he's happier, right? Like, and if you're not willing to change, then then when that person falls off, you're not going to be supportive of say hey you know you know nobody ever pulled me aside and said hey man what's going on you, you look like you, you put on 20 pounds everything all right you know you were doing so well and it might seem like that's a mean thing but that's a loving thing right you know but right you know so 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 just you know making sure that you know your energy is everything so you got to make sure you're, you're surrounded by the positive energy kind of as much as possible because that's what's going to keep you kind of in these uplifting cycles versus these negative cycles you know a lot of these people are, are energy vampires and, and and they will you know you know take from you and mm -hmm. you you don't the only way really is to just not engage with them at their level because it, it's not a, a thing you'll ever win we'll say totally totally and everybody knows the saying like you are the five people you spend the most time with 
but yet people still choose to spend time with people that like maybe they even inherently know aren't good for them. And I think that all comes back to that image of self-worth. Like you have to hold yourself to this high standard. You have to believe that you are this certain type of person. And if you are holding yourself to this high standard, you won't associate necessarily with these people and let them bring you down. Um, there's a really cool writer on Twitter named Sahil Bloom. Um, mm -hmm. And he talked about like, you can do this in your calendar. So like take each thing in your calendar and either code it in green, yellow, or red. And it's like all based on how much energy it either gives you or drains from you. And I think you can do that with the same um, with people in your life. Like you notice every time you have an interaction with this person, like you feel a bit lower. Okay. Like at least notice that, recognize it, start to build patterns. Like these are the type of people that make me feel uplifted, make me want to push towards my goals will keep me going. But these other type of people are just trying to like pull me back into like degenerate behaviors or old past identities that I'm trying to shed. So I'm curious, like as you've gone through this third 75 pound weight loss transformation, like have you really significantly altered your social circle and how did you go about that? Yeah, quite a bit, you know, because one of the main things I did with this was stop drinking, you know, and, you know, I, mm. I, I might drink on occasion now, but it, it's a very different experience. And, you know, I, I was a regular at a local bar and, and stuff. Right. So uh, you just, I, I cut all that out. Right. You know, because I, I think it's unrealistic. Like, oh, you could just, you could still go there and hang out and just, just have a seltzer. Right. Or just, just, just have one or two. And it's like, come on, who, right. who, 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 who are we kidding? Right. <laughs> um, you know, right. and, and, and so, so, you know, that was the, a big change, you know, and look, if you want to, if someone's been in a low state for a long period of time, they're probably surrounded by, by other individuals who are in a low state. Like this is, this is how this tends to work. These are the people that you attract into your life when you're in this state, right? Um, yeah, you have to be willing to leave that behind. And if these people aren't going to be supportive of you and your goals, then then you need to, to, to limit how much time you spend to them and how much energy you, you, you give to them. Um, you, you know, this is one of the reasons why it's really hard to make a lasting change because you have to be willing to, to leave a lot of that past behind. And, and if, you know, adopting kind of a new self image, uh, especially, you know, if, if there's people who are naysayers and stuff like that, like that's a really challenging thing to do because it's comfortable being in your old kind of skin, you know, even if you're not happy, it, it's comfortable and you, you at least kind of know how the world works when you want to step out and be something more, well, you've never done that before. Right. And, and, and you have to kind of figure out what up and down is and right and left is, you know, so you see this, people will, will, will sort of, you know, do that. And then they'll end up retreating back to, to kind of who they were, you know, this is the main reason I think I gained weight again in the past. And I, I think this is, Part of the reason why why like yo-yo dieting is so common you know and, and and it's it's yeah you can have a lot of willpower and really focus your energy and attention for a fixed period of time and do something that's kind of extreme right and then maybe you you even you even reach your, your end result right you, you do something like 75 hard you know and, and mm -hmm. you just you, you just grind for 75 days and you check off every box right and then oh okay great day 75 you, you maybe lost 30 pounds or whatever you're feeling good well what do you do on day 76 right and mm -hmm. and you know if what you were doing for 75 hard isn't sustainable for you, you know, if, if, if you can't keep doing that, which I, I get it, if you can't, right. 
Um, if you can't keep doing that, well, then what do you do again? Right. You, chances are you're going to revert back to your old habits pretty quick. Um, yeah, it's a Band-Aid solution. You know, it's like a short term fix. It's covering up the real problem. The real problem is the way you see yourself and your self-image and your identity. So in order to create long lasting change in anything, whether it's like becoming a better learner or like becoming a better speaker, being more social or losing weight and keeping it off, it has to be the identity change. And I think that is like the one key thing that I think goes overlooked a lot because we want as a as a society like we want these quick fixes we want the 75 hard we want the 20 pounds in a month but it doesn't matter if it's just going to come back on right after you get through this phase so you have yeah. to you have to identify the root cause of the behavior so yeah. how can somebody how can somebody go about like changing their identity so it's 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 simple you know and it's one of these things that's uh you know simple but but maybe not easy right but i i hate to say it's not easy because if you think something's hard and hard to do and hard to achieve then it's, it's going to be hard to do and hard to achieve right but um mm -hmm. this is you know you know kind of what i i teach my clients is consider a higher version of yourself right i don't i don't want to say better right because that, that's, that's a comparative term but but we'll just say somebody who's you but living your ideal life say right yeah yeah Spend some time to think about, right? How does that person think? What words do they use? What behaviors do they engage in? What food do they eat, right? How do they spend their time? How do they see the world? And then it's very simple. You just adopt that, right? You take on that perspective and you live your life as this higher version of yourself. And you might not be very good at it on the second day, right? That's, that's mm -hmm. going to be understandable. You, you might want to break it down into kind of smaller pieces because you might not have the energy to, to, to do all of these things, but, you know, think about, Hey, what are the fundamentals of, of, of this person's life? Right. And I'm going to develop those fundamental habits, right? Because, because that higher version of yourself is you like, that's you right now. And the more you can embody that, then you just become that person. And then when you get to that point, well, the process doesn't stop. You do it again and you say, okay, well, what does the even higher version of myself do, right? Because mm -hmm. this, this is a continual process. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards, you know? And, and a, a, a big part of my problem in my younger days was, you know, I, I, I didn't necessarily set goals. I kind of had them in mind, but I, I, they were very modest and I reached them at a very young age and I got lazy because I said, hey, you know what? I kind of have everything that, that I ever hoped to have at this point. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I just kind of put my feet up to, to relax and, and that, that can't ever be like that, you know, because it, it's, it's a cliche, but you know, it's, it's not the destination, it's the journey, you know, and, and take some time to, to enjoy your win, but you, you got to get, get back after it and set a new goal. You know, that's, that's so important, you know, because, because that's your self image is never a fixed thing. Right. You know, and, mm -hmm. and you know, so it's it's always going to be something that you should be trying to evolve, but it's a really important concept. And, you know, when people talk about, well, you know, what causes like the obesity crisis, I would say that's what causes the obesity crisis. You could really point to the superficial causes like sugar and processed foods and seed oils and stuff like that. But there's plenty of people who live in the same environment that don't have these issues, right? So why do certain people engage in certain behaviors and other ones don't, right? And well, this is going to be down to their emotional state. How do they feel, right? Okay, well, 
your emotional state is dictated by what you believe and what you believe is dictated by what your self image is. So, you know, there's multiple perspectives to kind of con consider this problem from like, yeah, change the food you're eating, but you also got to evolve, evolve as a holistic person in, in order to, to make a lasting change. I think you hit it right on the head. And it's so interesting that like, this is the philosophy in terms of long lasting change, because it's, it's so psychological and like philosophical, but it's, it tends to work. Like, Jordan Peterson is a huge proponent of this and just honestly psychology in general is like humans feel most fulfilled when they're in pursuit of something. And so if you can constantly be in pursuit of your highest self, then you're constantly going to be feeling fulfilled and like you're moving towards something. And like you said, like the, the thing you're aiming at moves because once you become, once you start really acting like that higher self, then you realize, oh, there's another level I could go to that I didn't even imagine, but you can't envision at the start. So I think that's been a huge thing for me recently. It's like, okay, like would the highest version of myself like binge eat McDonald's? No, I'm not going to do that. Would the highest version of myself play video games like for hours a day? No. And so at first when you're trying to change these behaviors, it's uncomfortable because it's not really who you truly are currently, but it's who you could be. And so you almost, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this term, but like you almost have to fake it till you make it. You have to act as somebody else would. But I think the interesting part of that is like, it's the highest version of yourself. Like it's in you. You have these different sides of yourself. You have like this ultimate version, but you also have this, this version of yourself that is purely in a degeneracy and is like in this low state. So just as the more you can identify with that higher self, the better. Yeah. And, and look, talk is cheap at the end of the day. You have to do it, right? How do mm -hmm. you, how do you build, you know, more self-love and you do that by doing things that demonstrate self-love. You don't do it by repeating affirmations or, or, or writing about it in your journal. Like that can be helpful to, to, to getting your sort of intention out, but you have to do it every day because if you don't do it every day, then mm -hmm. you know you're lying to yourself on, on some level, right? We, we judge people on their actions, not on their words. We judge ourselves on our actions and, and not our words. So if your day-to-day -day actions are not aligned with your intention, then, then you, are, you are demonstrating to yourself that you don't love yourself based upon the way that you're acting. Um, so, you know, that's, it's really important to, to, to do that and, and to just embody that every day because it has to be kind of earned, you know, and, and this is why it, it's a process. You know, you, you, you can't just say it and have it happen. You have to do it. There's a, a quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson and from the book Psycho Cybernetics made it popular. It's do the thing and you will have the power, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have to go and do it, right? So for example, I did an Ironman race, right? And, 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 and that's all well and good, but until I actually line up for the race, and do the race and finish the race, well, you can't say you're an Ironman, right? Because you have to actually go and do it, right? You know, so, so it's, it's like, you, you know, you can tell yourself these things, right? But until you actually live it day to day and go and do it, then, then you're, you're not gonna, that's that on some level gonna be inauthentic, right? There, there's gonna be some sort of a distance between your, your, your idealized self and your current self, right? But 
you know, that's, that's what it is. You have to do it. You have to kind of start with where you're at right now and, and start working towards that and, and building towards that and, and orientating yourself closer to that goal each and every day. But if you can get 1% better, then you're going to be in, in amazing places in the long run. Yeah, just moving that needle just a little bit every single day will add up in the long run. And I think that's another thing about like having a community is so important. And so this makes me think of this. I have a, a community of people in a group chat from Twitter. Um, and there's like seven of seven of us in there. We're all like 20 to like 22 years old, like just young kids, like kind of like hustling and trying to like grind and like make money on Twitter or whatever. Um, and so we, we have this group chat called moving the needle and we text them there every day. It's like, how did you move the needle today? Like, did you at least do one thing to get you closer to your goals? Because there's going to be days where like, you don't feel like doing shit. Right. But if you can just move that needle just a little bit in the long run, like it will pay off. Um, and so I'm curious, like, as you, as you went through this third fat loss journey and you altered your social circle, like who, who did you start to associate with more so? It, it really was, it was great. I, I've, I've been with Courtney for a long time, you know, and, and she uh, was a little put off when we, when I first started doing this because it, I, I, I kind of became a different person, you know, almost immediately. So you know, yeah. when I, when I lost fat in my twenties, I got really knowledgeable about fitness and nutrition. Right. And, and I, I learned about how all this stuff works. And I, I thought at the time, well, now I know how to do it. So I'm, I'm going to be good. Right. Problem solved. And there's a difference between having knowledge and applying knowledge. Right. So um, it, it didn't stick, but I was able to just pretty much channel back into that energy. Just, just almost, uh, you know, tap, tap back into it. I, I just started living like I was 25 again. So at first she was a, a little put off by that, but then she, she pretty quickly saw that, you know, my way worked a lot better um, than what she was trying to do with like Weight Watchers and stuff. So then she started doing what I was doing and she saw a great success, right? You know, and she's lost about a hundred pounds uh, herself, right? To, 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 wow. Throughout this time, you know, so, so I've been, you know, we've been helping each other pretty much, you know, every step of the way. And, and, and that's really been, invaluable you know and, and you know for a long time i i, I kind of struggled to, to find people to, to socialize with right you know you get people at the gym and stuff like that but uh, you know social media has really helped me so much you know just to connect with with like-minded people you know and you know i, I can come here and spend an hour talking with you you know and and, and just you know I, I don't necessarily meet the sort of people like in real life that that i i do on social media you know and 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 it's, you know, it's important, I think, you know, well, who are you comparing yourself to, right? And, and, and not, not to take it too seriously, but, you know, it, it's good to have kind of comparisons that, that challenge you, right? Because, you know, for example, if I'm doing triathlon, right, I want to get better at triathlon. So it only makes sense that I compare myself to people who are better at me than, than, than try you know, at triathlon, you know, and, and, but in a healthy way. Right. You know, it's, but you know, so, so I, I kind of frame it in that and it makes me feel like a lot of times I'm not doing good enough. Well, guess what? If I want to get better at triathlon, that's a good thing to feel right. Like, like, mm -hmm. like that's a healthy feeling, you know, look, I can zoom out and I could take kind of the larger scale perspective and say, Hey, you know, you know, five years ago, you didn't think it was possible for you to even run further than five miles. Like, like, you know, who, who are you comparing yourself to, to this guy who's a college track star or something like that? Right. And 
that's a valid perspective. But when I'm in the middle of it, trying to get better, that doesn't serve me, right? You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get better. So, you know, comparing yourself or in a healthy way to, to these people on social media and, you know, like, like that's been so valuable for me. And you talk about building a, a community, right? Like, like this is what I've been able to, to do on Twitter. I'm so fortunate, you know, to have, have developed a large following and there's a lot of supportive people in there and it gives me so much energy and it helps, helps motivate me, you know, during these training sessions and stuff, right. I'm, I'm holding myself publicly accountable and I, yeah, I, I, I put myself every day. I, I put out there what I'm training, you know, and I, I have these races and I talk about them and, you know, it's, it's important because, Hey, I don't want to look like a fool, you know, I mean, you know, you know, like I'm running a marathon in three weeks. Uh, I had the, I had a bad case of the flu two weeks ago and, and training's not going well right now. I'm, I'm struggling with running and I, I have some concerns about whether or not I'm really going to be, be able to, to, you know, well, run this marathon, let alone put out what I would consider to, to be a, a good performance. And if it was up to me, I might just be like, eh, whatever. I don't feel like it, but you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm documenting this for other people, you know, and, and I'm putting my, my, myself out there, the good, the bad, the ugly. So I'm, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I, I feel like I have an obligation to, 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 to the community to put my, my, my best out there at all times. Yeah. I've done a similar thing in terms of like holding myself accountable publicly um, through Twitter. And I think it's such a powerful thing because I mean, let's say you weren't on Twitter and you signed up for this marathon and you were feeling a bit shitty, like nobody would ever know if you just dropped out of the race. Right. But since you've been holding yourself accountable through this media, like, you almost are obligated to do it. Um, and I think another great thing for about social media is that energy piece that you hit on. Like this conversation right here is energizing me. Like I'm excited to go attack the rest of the day. I was like a bit tired before this because I was just kind of like grinding through some work myself and then like going to the gym myself. But when you get in a conversation like this with a like-minded person, like who has such similar goals and inspirations as you, it energizes you, it moves you forward. So I think that's been huge uh, for both of us in terms of Twitter. Um, And another thing that I really like that you said is healthy comparison. I think comparison is a tricky subject because a lot of people, when they compare themselves to other people on social media, like they feel shitty about it, right? Because there's people living their best lives out there, but it's all about how you perceive it. If you just flip your mindset and say, okay, like that person is doing better than me at, okay, marathon training or reading, or he has a hotter girlfriend than me or something, whatever. It, what you can do is you can flip that perspective and be like, okay, like if this person can do it, why can't I? Like they're a person just like me. And I think it's empowering to see that. And then also you get connected with these people through social media as you stay on longer. Like now that you have a pretty big following, I'm sure you've connected with a lot of these people who are doing really big things. And you realize like they're just people just like yourself, just trying to figure it out. And so that healthy comparison and realizing that like we're all in this together and we're, we can push each other forward. We can push all of us forward rather than holding each other back. Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to, to do that Ironman that I did with, uh, I don't know, eight, 10, 12 other people from, from the Twitter community, right? And it, it really built mm-hmm. up like an interesting sort of energy because a lot of the people had never done anything like that before, you know, but it, it was, it, it really made for 
a, a much more enriched experience doing it like that. And, you know, it was interesting because I had planned on doing that race for a long time and then everybody else signed up for it actually before I did. And I was kind of like, well, you know, I was kind of planning on like covering this as my entire social media thing where it was going to be all documenting my, my training for this Ironman. And now everybody else is doing it too. And it's like, Oh, well, who's going to care kind of right. Like, so, mm-hmm. um, but you know, doing it with, with a bunch of other people, you knew it really was just great because, you know, I, I, I got kind of competitive with them, not necessarily even to them, but just with myself. Right. And this helped, this helped get me on that indoor bike trainer, you know, all the time and spending hours riding that thing and sweating in here. Right. You know, it was like, I wanted to, to beat them because it's a race, right. This is, this is the point of having a race. But then when, when you get there and, and you line up in the race and you're in the middle of it, well, then it's more of a supportive thing. Right. And then it's like, you know, this is a really hard thing. So if, if you're going to do it faster than me, well, tip my cap to you, just go for it, man. You're, you're doing a great job, right? Like I'll, I'm trying to catch you, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm well behind you kind of thing, you know, and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, helping get everybody else over the finish line, you know, and, and it, you know, it, it really made for just enriching achievement, you know, and, being able to, to do something like that with a great group of guys, it, you know, it's, it, it was a special thing. Totally. Yeah. It sounds like a, an amazing thing. And I'm, I'm curious maybe to try it someday to try an endurance sport. Um, but one more topic I kind of wanted to get into was, okay, we talked about like the, the three 75 pound uh, fat loss transformations, but I want to kind of take it back to maybe earlier, like before you put on this weight. Like, what were the root causes, in your opinion, and like, how did you get to that point in the first place? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I was, you know, I kind of got fat at an early age, like eight to 10 or whatever, right? You know, and and I think it's important, you know, I touched on a little bit earlier, right? You have behaviors that are dictated by emotions that are dictated by beliefs that are are tied into kind of your self-image, you know, so emotional eating we'll say right uh mm-hmm. you're a kid being a kid is traumatic right I, I think it's traumatic for everyone you know you know going through through childhood um you know and i don't mean to make it seem like i came from a bad family or anything like that you know farther you know nothing can be further from the truth with that but i still had a tough time you know and i i, I still you know sought out relief from eating junk food a lot right you know and going to like the convenience store right and getting a slurpee you know and, and that kind of stuff getting candy bars right and, you know this is emotional eating like I, I didn't feel good and i was looking for cheap dopamine right from from these foods and you know you, you just kind of end up gaining weight and you start ending up in, in a negative cycle you know and, and that's just that was kind of the reality of my early days. And, you know, I, I was connected with all the other kind of low energy people, uh, you know, and when I think back about my school experience, right. You know, well, how come I, I was subject to bullying a lot. And I also bullied people, right. Cause this is kind of how that, that sort of lower kingdom works. Right. And, and the higher energy kids, well, they didn't pick on me because that's not what they do. They just, didn't interact with me right like i was at a different level from them so like i didn't really have any kind of relationships with them they were superficial but they didn't want to get involved with me and my energy right they, I, I would only bring them down so so the people i attracted into my life were other people who were in similar low states you know 
Um, so, you know, the, the roots of it kind of lie within that, you know, and, and, and self-image, you know, you, you see yourself a, a, a certain way. You know, I, I think, I, I don't know, I, I couldn't prove this and it's not something I, I necessarily do with clients um, because I, I've never actually, you know, done it. But I think that really, if you see yourself in a certain way, you can probably lose fat just with the, the power of, of your visualization and, and, and the mental power behind it. And I think that's, that's such a vital, important part of it, you know, and the, the power of our mind and the power of, of our mind to sort of uh, impact physical reality is not something that most people kind of uh, appreciate, but it's definitely there. So I saw myself in a certain way and, you know, that was kind of how I saw myself until I started to behave differently and do different things. Right. You know, and, and, and then I was able to evolve that self-image, you know, but you know, a great example is for most of my life, I didn't think it was possible for me to run further than five miles. Mm -hmm. Well, for most of my life, it wasn't possible, right. I couldn't have come, come close yeah. to that. But after I kind of got into good shape, I lost weight. I went to the gym regularly for like three years. I, you know, did high intensity cardio. Well, I still carried that self-limiting belief at that point. And it's like, well, now this doesn't necessarily have any basis in your current reality. You're just held back by this self-limiting belief that at one point may have been true, but you've never actually tried to do this. So how do you know you can't do it? And you know now I've run further than five miles hundreds of times, right? So it's, it's not a big deal at all. But but for years that just seemed like an impossible thing for me. And you know, mm -hmm. you know, so so it was earned, you know. And 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 so it, it's not just a, a a simple thing of, oh, I ate bad foods or whatever. You know, it's our our behavior is more complex than that. Yeah, for sure. And it seems like the one main takeaway I'm getting from this conversation is like the mindsets and beliefs we hold like determine our reality. And there's a, there was this interesting study um, that's coming to mind. So there was like two two groups, like they were given the same milkshake by researchers. One group was told like the one milkshake was like really high protein, really good for you, and it would help you lose weight. The other group was told like this is a really like high fat, high sugar milkshake. And the two groups drank the exact same milkshake, but the group that drank the milkshake that where they believed that it was high protein and good for mm -hmm. them, they lost weight. And the group that thought it was high fat, high sugar, they gained weight all because of their beliefs, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting. Like, I don't know if it would be possible, but I wonder if people could literally just lose weight based on how they see themselves. Like it's, so, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I think it would need to be an authentic thing though, again, because you'd have to mm -hmm. actually believe this, right? Exactly. Telling, telling yourself, you know, oh, I believe eating five guys, you know, every, every meal of the day, <laughs> I, I'm going to lose, like, I think on some level, you, you wouldn't really believe that because it's yeah. not believable. But, you know, these sorts of things, I, I tell my clients all the time, the most important part of anything we're doing is your belief in, our, in the process of what we're doing. And yes. if, you don't, if you don't believe in it, it's probably not going to work. Um, if, if you do believe in it, it, it probably will work. Like the power of our mind for, for visualization and just sort of creating you know, our, our minds, our subconscious minds basically build the reality that we see in our heads. Like that's, that's the way our, our, our subconscious minds work. So mm -hmm. if you can kind of, the, the more detailed you can be about visualizing a certain reality, then your mind is going to 
work to make that visualization your present reality and our ability to do that is is very powerful and um, I think misunderstood by a lot of people. For sure. Yeah, that is it's such an important thing that goes on overlooked because like the the diets and all that is easier than the real underlying cause. Um, and I guess I wanted to ask one more question, kind of going back before the whole journey, like, was there one moment that sparked this where you're like, I'm losing the weight? Or was it kind of like a gradual slide into weight loss? So, you know, look, it, it was both, right? It, it, it was it was tough because having lost weight in the past, I, I saw those times as failures, you know, like I, I had reached mm. my goal and I, I kind of held, held the trophy, right? And, I, and then I, I just let it go, you know? And so I, I felt really bad about myself for that. And I, I felt discouraged because it was like, well, why would you go through all the effort to, to do it again if it's not going to last, right? Like it's almost stupid to, uh, to uh, you know, waste all your time and energy doing this. Um, so, you know, I, I struggled for a long time trying to, to do it. And it was a kind of a gradual process. You know, I, I mentioned my mom getting me that Fitbit, like that was crucial. And I started walking 10,000 steps every day, you know, and, and but mm -hmm. that doesn't really move the, the needle with weight loss. Weight loss isn't like 90% what you're eating. So, you know, I, I might've dropped a few pounds. I was still too afraid to actually get on a scale and, and face up to, to, to the reality of my situation. Right. So yeah. I was kind of, I was kind of willfully ignorant of what was actually happening and just sort of hoping for a result. Right. Um, but what really, what really did it was, it was Labor Day weekend in 2016. And, you know, I, I drank too much and I, I really felt pretty disgusted with myself at that point, you know, and um, I, I kind of made the decision that, hey, I need to stop drinking, you know, just, just for, just for like a weekend. Uh, because, mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't remember the last time I had gone like a whole like week, you know, like meaning like monday through the weekend into the next week right like i, I couldn't remember the last time i'd done that w w without drinking yeah um, so i said you know what i just need to like take a week off alcohol the very least right and just just kind of dry out and uh that week i did a lot of soul searching you know and and i, I gained a lot of clarity and then it was september the 8th 2016 i had a hard time sleeping so i i got up really early and, you know I, I walked a lot so i would just get up and if i couldn't sleep i, I would just go walk and I was on this trail behind my apartment. It was a measured trail. And I said, you know what? I'm going to run a mile. Um, I haven't run in years, right? But I'm going to I'm gonna run a mile. So I, I walked out to the mile mark, right? Where, where the one mile is marked. And I just started running towards my apartment, which was at the end of the trail. Um, yeah. And uh, I didn't time myself. I'm sure I didn't run it very fast. But somehow I dragged my fat ass across for that whole mile. Right? <laughs> I hadn't run in years, but you know I did walk a lot, so I was in decent cardiovascular shape. But it was really rough to uh, to get through that. But I, I finished it right, and uh, I felt both kind of euphoric and like wow, like, I can't believe I did that. Right, like like I pushed myself really hard, you know, and I, I achieved what I set out to do. But I also felt kind of ashamed. Right. Like, man, you're 34 years old. It shouldn't be this hard for you to run a mile. Like, this is embarrassing. Right. Like, you, you can't stand for this. You know, it just kind of smacked me in the face, like the reality of this. Right. So, yeah, I was done. I was done lying to myself. Like, oh, I'm sure I can run a mile. Like, okay, actually go and do it. Let's, let's, let's see how it goes. Right. And then 
So then I said, you know what, I'm, I, that's it. I'm, I'm going to lose weight, you know, and I, I knew how to do it. I said, I'm going to walk in the house. I'm going I'm to step on the scale. And uh, I braced myself that I might weigh as much as 220 pounds, right? I didn't think I was that bad, but like, I'm, I might be 220, right? Like this is, I'm just going to prepare myself for that reality. So I stepped on the scale and it said 234.4. So immediately got handed a, a big L right there. And I'm like, well, that's going to be another couple months of fat loss right there. But, you know, it is what it is. I was committed. And then I, you know, downloaded my fitness pal. I figured out some food to eat based on what we had in the kitchen that morning and uh, started down that path. And, you know, uh, I at one point plotted out how much I would weigh week to week, right? Like I, I, I wrote it down. I, I knew I, I can lose about 1.8 pounds per week, right? With what I was doing, I've done it before. And I, I, I marked it all out for about eight months, what my weight was going to be each week. And I followed that, basically followed that plan. I reached my goal within a few days of, of, of what I had projected months earlier, right? You know, just because I had that sort of will and belief about me. And I, I knew that I would do, like, there was no question about me losing the weight at this point. It was just like, I knew how to do it. And once I finally committed myself to it, I, I knew I'd be successful at it, right? There was no really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And it worked out. And, and that was really kind of what, what got me started with this. But what the difference was, because I didn't understand any of this self-image stuff, you know, you know at that time, um, what I said to myself was, look, I'm tired of being fat. I'm tired of being obese. And I'm tired of dealing with this. And if I got to spend mm -hmm. every, if I got to spend some time every day for the rest of my life, because obviously maintaining it is going to be easier than losing it. If I have to commit myself to, to just doing this every day for the rest of my life, then that's what I'm going to do because I'm tired of living like this. And I know that, hey, if I keep logging my food, if I keep tracking my calorie input, if I keep going to the gym four times a week, if I keep walking 10,000 steps a day, and if I keep stepping on a scale every morning, how could I possibly get fat again, right? And even if, yes. I, gained, even if I gained five pounds, right? Like, okay, well, it's a lot easier to lose five pounds and 50 pounds. I could do that in a couple of weeks, right? Like, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. But, you know, I, I, I knew that I couldn't just let myself revert back to my old behaviors because they didn't work for me. And if, you know, if I started doing them again, I'd just get fat again. So I, I just kept doing that and I kept, I kept, you know, refining my approach. I kept educating myself more and more. I kept doing different things. I kept, you know, lifting heavier weights and, and just doing different things and, you know, educating myself more about the sort of mental and emotional aspects of it. And I took up meditation. I really kind of calmed down my, my chronic anxiety and, and gained control over my mind. And I, I, I did a lot of journaling, right. To, to sort of, uncover some of these suppressed and repressed emotions that have been holding me back, you know, that were kind of at the root causes of a lot of this stuff. And then, you know, this is kind of how I, this is when I decided to, Hey, I'm, I'm going to devote myself now to helping other people. Right. Because I know this is a hard thing to overcome, you know, and, and for, for a lot of people, you know, I, I had a tweet where, where I said, you know, fat loss is hard. And, you know, if you don't think so, you don't know what you're talking about. People criticize me mm -hmm. for that, but, if you've never been obese, if you've never tried to overcome obesity, you don't understand just how hard it can seem, you know, and, and I still say to this day, the most impressive thing I'll ever achieve is losing this weight and keeping it off. Because for years, that problem stood in my way, and it seemed impossible to solve for so long for me. 
So, you know, I, I feel like I did all this for a reason and this happened to me for a reason. There's so many people out there struggling with these sorts of things right now that I, I feel like it's my purpose to give back to, to the world and help other people, you know, teach them how to overcome some of these same issues that I've overcome. And, you know, my long-term goal is I, I want to help uh, over a million people kind of beat their obesity. So, you know, I'm, I'm headed down that, that path right now because, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. And, and I feel like that's what my purpose is on, on planet earth here, at least for right now. Hell yeah. That is, that's an inspiring story. Like, Honestly, it's it's really amazing to hear like this transformation and it's like a holistic approach too, which makes it even better in my opinion, because you really did change as a person. You didn't yeah. just lose the weight, you changed your entire being and now you have this purpose you're striving for and I, I find it so admirable. Um and I'm curious, what do you what do you weigh now and like what's your height also? So I'm I'm five ten. Uh, okay. And right now I'm about 175, uh, which is a little heavy for me. So, so look, I talking about the scale, right? And, and, and the scale numbers get anchored in our mind, right? And it's easy to, to fixate on that number a lot, you know, just because it, it, our minds like to compare numbers, right? And it's easy to, yeah. it's, you know, what you were in the past, what you want to be, what, what your friends weigh, right? You know? Um, you know, at my heaviest, I was probably about 250, you know, if I had a guess, uh, I didn't, I wasn't willing to step on a scale and find out the first time I did, it was 234.4. Um, I set my goal at 160, right. And, and that was kind of based upon where I had been before that the, the second time I lost weight, I was like, you know, 200 pounds, that's a nice round number. I'm, I'm sure 200 will be good. And then I get to 200. It's like, no, nah, you got to keep going. Dude. You're still way too fat. Um, so, so I, I knew 160 was, was kind of a, a good weight for me. And, and, you know, a lot of people go to the gym, they want to put on muscle mass and stuff. Not me. Okay. After I was obese for my entire life, I mm. was happy to be 160 pounds every day. I stepped on the scale and it read 160 was a victory, right? Because that was another day I didn't get fat again. So I was in the gym. I was working my ass off in the gym, lifted as much weight as I could, but I had zero interest in seeing the scale move up I, in the least. I didn't want to put muscle on anything like that. Yeah. I just wanted, yeah. I just wanted to be able to wear normal size clothing, right? Like, right. you know, so, 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 and look, I'll say that's not emotionally the, the healthiest place to be in either, right? You know, I was really fixated on this, but what I'll say about it is it worked. Right. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I got kind of obsessed with that for a long time, but it worked. And, and, and as I've been able to, you know, kind of get more emotionally healthy, I've been comfortable with adding a little bit more weight on the scale. Right. And, and I realized that, you know, it's not that big of a deal just, just because, you know, you know, there's 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 a huge benefit going from 30 percent body fat to 15 percent body fat. But going from 15% body fat to 8% body fat, there's going to be a lot less benefit. And, you know, you're really mm -hmm. going to start to hit some d d diminishing returns there. So I'm at a point now where well, I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at. You know, it's training for these, training for the Ironman involves eating a lot, right? And, and fueling workouts is really important. I was, I was training 15, 20 hours a week and I was eating a ton, right? And it's also hard to manage body composition on top of that, right? You know, it's not a priority. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm a little heavier than I'd want to be. I, I got a marathon coming up in about 19 days. 
And then after that, I'm going to take a bit of an off season and I'm, I'm going to, I'll, I'll drop a, a few pounds, uh, you know, and then I think I'll, I'll feel better, you know, kind of a, about like 170 ish. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I, I raced the Ironman at about 172. So that, you know, that, that was good. But, but then after that, you know, it got a little heavier, but you know, again, I'm not too fixated on the scale now, it's more about how do I look, how do clothes fit? How do I feel? Right. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is more important in, in the end of the day. And, you know, not, not hitting a certain number on that scale. Yeah. The number fluctuates a bit over time, like just mm-hmm. because of lifestyle or like what you've been doing recently, it has also just been the holidays too. So that's a completely valid thing. Yeah. Um, but it seems like you you're in such a good mental state and in so much control over, you know, like I can get to 160 if I really want to. Like I know what that looks like, but yeah. I'm also content with where I'm at now. And I think that's a really good balance, especially coming from a place where you you didn't feel very good about yourself and you didn't know how to approach it. So, yeah, um, it's, you know, it's, it, it, it's easy to, to see, hey, my fatness is my biggest problem. So I need mm-hmm. to be the opposite of this. Right. I need to be super lean. And, you know, yeah, that's what's. You know, and it's, especially when I was younger, it's like, oh, well, girls don't like me. Oh, well, I'm fat. Okay, well, I need to lose weight. I need to make myself, you know, you know, look better, right? Like, I need to get leaner, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, not not really. That, that's not, you know, like, it's great if you want to do that stuff. But, it, you know, it, it's not going to fix your problems necessarily, we'll say, right? So, so yeah. you, know, you, know, you know, you know, get into a healthier place with that and, and you know, having a body that, that serves your needs, right? Like who cares what it looks like if, if you're able to, to do the things that you want to do, you have good energy, right? You know, and you, you feel good, then, then who cares really? You know, I'm, I'm not going to be on the cover of a magazine anytime soon. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just feeling good and content with what you're at. Um, and I know that I said that was going to be the last, but I do have one more, yeah. one more little question. Um, what could a what what should a guy or a girl for that matter? But what should somebody like around my age, like early twenties, late teens, like that's been struggling with weight and and doesn't want to go down this bad path as they start to enter more of adulthood? Like, what is how could they set themselves up for a successful, healthy life? Yeah, and look, this is a a common question I get, right? And I don't I don't think it's different for anybody based on their age. I think this is the the answer for for anybody of any age. Is the first the first thing you want to start doing is tracking your food intake, right? And and look, there, there's all kinds of ways to talk about these things and calories and things like that, and that it can be a useful paradigm or model for some, right? But it all starts with awareness over what you're eating. All right. And it's easy to have unconscious eating habits, right? Like, why do you eat the things you eat? Oh, because they taste good. They make me feel good, right? I get dopamine from them. Or, you know, it could just be, well, this is just what I've always eaten, right? You don't necessarily give any thought to it. You just sort of eat unconsciously. And if that's not working out for you, well, you need to take control of that. And the first step of that is awareness over what you're eating, right? So, um, you can you can just download an app like My Fitness Pal, or you can even just write it down if you want, right? But start to start to gain an awareness over what you're eating, and just just even shining the light of awareness on it. This is going to help encourage you to make better choices, right? And I, I know sometimes with like logging food, some people will say, "Oh, well, I'm not going to log this 
dessert I ate because, you know, it, it doesn't offend my program and makes me feel bad, right? Like that's missing the point. You have to hold yourself accountable for your behavior. So you have to, at the very least, admit to yourself, hey, I this is what I ate. This is an accurate thing, right? And, and I, I don't think healthy food is that much of a mystery. I think on some level, we all understand what foods are healthy and what foods aren't. You don't have to go too crazy mm-hmm. with it, but the food that comes from the earth, right? Be it plants or animals or fruits or vegetables, right? That's going to be better than the stuff that comes from factories that's made with industrialized oil and pumped full of sugar, right? And made by these multinational conglomerates who only care about making profit, right? Like, like the food from the earth is going to be better than that, you know, and, 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 you know, all the stuff with the sugar in it and, and the industrialized oils, right? And all that stuff, that's all junk food. So stop eating that so much and start eating healthier food, right? And, 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 you know, just building awareness over these food choices, you know, making better choices, both in terms of both how much you're eating and what the foods are, right? They, they both matter. Mm-hmm. So, so, so doing that and then walking every day, you know, committing yourself to, to walking, you know, if you're not physically active at all, that's the best place to start, right? And, and it's not it's not thinking you need to kill yourself in the gym, right? It's not thinking you need to do all these crazy fitness classes or you, you have to, you know, you know, you know, join CrossFit and you know go go nuts or start running, start running the, the weight off, right? Like, no, that's not what you need to do. You need to just start a habit, start walking every day. And then as you develop that habit, get into the gym, start doing some strength training, right? You know, and that can even just be using the, the machines at first if, if you're not sure 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 what to do. Um, but just kind of starting with it because everybody starts somewhere and it's uncomfortable for everybody when, when they first start, right? So you just got to kind of build that habit. So awareness over the food and just getting some activity and, and exercise. I think those are the two main things. And look, I don't think exercise is good for weight loss. Exercise is good for everybody. Everybody should be exercising regardless of right. their weight or body composition or their fitness goals. And, you know, for certain people that might mean walking around the block. If that's where you're at, then that's where you're at. Meet yourself where you're at. For other people that might mean going out for like 12 mile runs or, you know, squatting 700 pounds or something like that. Right. But, you know, it's important for everybody, I think, to, to, to challenge yourself physically in some way, you know, because that's, that's, that's an important thing for, for just being human and being a healthy human being. Um, but fat loss is about what you're eating. So, and, and what you're drinking. So, you know, just, just make sure, yes. you know, make sure you're, you're holding yourself accountable for that. And you're not going to know all the answers in the beginning, right? You might not know how a lot of this stuff works, what your options are, but just keep educating yourself, right? You know, you just, just keep learning and and, and try different things and see how it works for you. It's it's easy to read a study, but at the end of the day, N always equals one, right? So you you read a study and it's like, well, 85% of the people saw this. Well, what if you're in the 15% right? So like, you got to try it and see how it works for you. You know, maybe, maybe something like keto or carnivore, you know, one of these kind of, I would say kind of crazy approaches, maybe that works for you. That's great. But I wouldn't start there, you know, start with eating balanced meals and and make changes and see how you react to it. 
Yeah, I think that's great actionable advice. And it's simple too. It's not all this crazy stuff. It's like, okay, let's walk, let's eat clean foods and let's monitor how much foods. Like just those three simple things alone will create lasting change, I think, in anybody. So I think that's a great, great place to end it off right there. Um, if you have anything else to add, like if you want to plug any type of coaching offer, um, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely link your stuff below as well. But yeah. Well, you know, I would I would suggest everybody check me out on Twitter. It's at Matt Izzo, M-A-T-T-I-Z-Z-O. You know, I, I try to make Twitter a positive place. And, and, and you know, it, it can be a very negative place, but it, it, it's great because you can really kind of curate your experience and who you're following mm-hmm. and who, who you block and who you mute and, you know, what, what words you might mute and stuff like that. So it, it takes some investment to build a, a, a great Twitter feed, but it's something that can be a huge asset for you if you take the time to do it. Um, so I'm on Twitter at Matt Izzo. I'm, I'm on Instagram at Matt Izzo Fitness. And I have a TikTok too, which, which I, I, I find interesting. Um, I didn't know you had a TikTok. Damn, yeah, okay. I, have, I have a TikTok. It, it, look, it's a very powerful communication tool. Oh yeah. You can see how you can see videos that, you know, just get millions of views, right. Um, in, in a short amount of time. And, and for somebody like me, I, I think my message is important and I want people to hear it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm willing to, to, you know, you know, you know, delve into new places and do that. And so, so I'm on there a bit, uh, but you know, and, and with, with coaching, you know, I, I work one-on-one with, with a select group of people, right. Uh, I'm not, like a high volume kind of coach I'm, I'm looking to to really help the people that i work with and, and i you know develop a custom program with everybody right because everybody's in a different place and you know okay i i can email you a pdf of something but if if that doesn't work for, for you and your lifestyle and that's not going to be sustainable for you then that, that's not going to help you in the long term so mm-hmm. you know i i work with with people to, to to set up a customized program for them you know and, and just deploy it in a sustainable way a healthy way right and it's not just waking up day one and doing 65 different things because that, that's obviously not going to work and be sustainable you know and it's about seeing how things work it's, it's both kind of an art and a science right you know and, and just making changes a, a, as you go because what you're doing on day one is not going to be the same thing you're doing on day 100 or day 1000 right we're always evolving um, so, you know, I work with people and, you know, a lot of it is on the sort of mental and emotional side of things too, right? It's not just, hey, this is a fitness program. I think there's a lot of that out there, right? And, and I don't think there's a lack of information about that. Um, you know, I, I think if people if people were inclined to, to just follow that or have the ability to just do that on their own, then then who would need really any of, of these coaches, you know? Um, but, you know, it, it's important, I think, that accountability is built right and teach people about compassion and self-love right because we're, we're we tend to be really hard on ourselves and and you know you know and so it's it's important to to, to kind of give people a different perspective and, and ultimately teach them to be their own best coach because i don't want to help you just for 12 weeks right i want to help you for well hopefully six nine 12 months if possible right because fat loss can take some time depending on what your goals are but I want to leave you with the tools to to manage this by yourself for the rest of your life, right? And I want to help make an impactful change with somebody. And it's not just about, hey, 12 weeks, you're going to lose 24 pounds or your money back or whatever, right? It's like, no, let's talk about what are the 
sustainable habits you can do? What are the sort of fundamental pillars of, of, of health and wellness and, and how do you sort of structure them into your life? And how do you make this something that, that you can carry on for 12 weeks and then for 12 years, right? So, so this could be something that you keep building on. And, you know, that's, that's what my, my uh, program is all about. And, you know, um, I'm looking to, to scale it in other ways in the future, right. To hopefully kind of impact more people. But, you know, at the moment I'm really just, you know, focused on, on working one-on-one -on -one with clients. I try to give them a lot of time and energy, you know, um, it, it's, it's one of those things when you start coaching and you're like, Oh, this will be easy. I don't have to, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, no, like, no, I, I want to check in with people every day. I want to hear how you're doing because the more information I get about that, right. The, the better I'm going to do my job if I know how you're feeling, how you're behaving and those sort of things, you know, kind of what I see from a lot of coaches that I see online is it doesn't seem like they, they put a lot of effort into what they're doing. Right. And it's like, Oh, I'll, I'll email you once a week or whatever. It's like, well, how are you going to coach somebody? Right. If, if, if you don't know what's happening in their life and if you haven't kind of built a relationship. So, you know, that's, that's the, the, angle I take on it and you know I'm, I'm out there I'm just trying to help people so if anybody's interested I'm happy to uh, set up a call and, and, and talk with you and see if you know we'd be a good fit to uh, work to, together right but at the end of the day you, you got to take that that first step yourself you know and, and that's the uh, that's the hardest part sometimes um, is just kind of you know, taking that first step. But if you're willing to take it, well, I'm here to help. And there's many other great people that are out there able to help too. So, uh, you know, I encourage you to get help if you need it. It can certainly help you out a lot. Uh, you know, when, when I was growing up, right, it was a different time. And um, I didn't have a lot of that misinformation. You know, there, there was no internet or Twitter. And um, now there is, and now there's just so much information out there. Uh, and I think it's it's great. So what I try to do is, hey, what would I have wanted to have known, right? What would have moved the needle for me? Because if I could sit down and talk to my 20-year-old self, I could have saved myself years of aggravation and struggling, right? So I think that's what the, the value of coaching is. For sure. Yeah, use the internet to your advantage because all the information is out there. Um, but yeah, that's that's amazing. This was an amazing conversation. I'll be sure to link your stuff below. Anybody that's interested in a, a weight loss transformation like Matt knows his stuff on a deep level too, on a holistic level. So highly recommend it. Matt, I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to come on here. This was awesome. Happy to do it. Great talking with you. Thank you. Appreciate it.